Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast, by the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact, make yourselves heard, what's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is for Fox's sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox's Sake. My name is Pete Selby, and alongside me, once again, it's Mr. Rob Hayes. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Happy New Year to all the listeners, and to you, and to me, and to everyone, and to the agent of Philippe Coutinho. Very happy New Year for him. <laughs> Tremendous New Year. Um, right. Let's start with uh, Leicester. What was it episode eighty-two? I think it is eighty-two. Something like that. Yeah, something along them lines. Now, obviously, the last time we were with you all uh, was before Christmas, and there's been plenty of football. So we're just going to rattle through those games. Um, we lost away at Watford. Big Molawagi. Big Molawagu scoring. Never mind. I saw his entire Leicester career. You saw it? Yeah, because he was only on pitch for an hour at and then Millwall. And he dislocated his shoulder, didn't he? And then he went. But uh, anyway, he scored. Poor performance after going in front. Anyway, on to the next game. Liverpool. I was at Anfield. Um, really, you're playing against a, a, a Liverpool side who are very good going forward. Salah is a, a top-class player, borderline world-class. You know, he's Unplayable, a, isn't he, on his at, game? At times. I mean, Maguire had a great game. He got turned for the goal, but he... It was just hanging on, and we scored early. We pushed it towards the end, but didn't really look like getting anything. But never mind, on to the next game. We need to win, and it's against Huddersfield at home. Um, only a few days in between the game, and I think the first half showed that. Second half, Leicester were fantastic, and won like a team who are in the top half of the table against the bottom half of the table side. Um, so, yeah, simple so, as that, isn't it, really? Slim dog scoring. With a chip. With a chip. and uh, chip. And, and a good performance. Ma- that Mara's goal as well. Oh, tip-top, wasn't it? Absolutely yeah. fantastic. And um, and that's where where we are now. Obviously, we then played in the FA Cup. <laughs> I thought you were going to gloss over that one as well. Clearly not. No, no, no. Uh, um, it probably deserves glossing over more than any of the other games, to be perfectly honest, doesn't it? We've talk- we talk a lot on this podcast about team selection. Uh, and I think we're pretty much 50-50 in this camp as a lot of other people will be in their own minds and within their own families and groups of friends about whether you put a strong team out no matter who you're playing to give you a better chance of progressing or whether you think, right, we've had a lot of games uh, in a not so many days and let's give some other players a run out. I'm more in favour of the squad rotation. You're more in favour of let's go and win the FA Cup. I'm not. I'm not saying rotate the squad so we don't win the FA Cup, but... When I saw the team selection, I thought, ah, oh, that's good. We won't win it as comfortably as we would with our starting eleven, but we'll still expect to win it. And that's what Claude Puel said. I've picked a team that I would expect to win the game. Not so much. No. we uh, On this podcast, we're quite sensible in places. We're mm. quite level-headed. And, uh, and we agree on most things. Yeah, and we look at the bigger picture. And we're relatively upbeat because... You have to be with the state of the club and the position in the league and and what's happened recently. This was crap, an absolute Bobbins. disgrace. And I'm I'm not talking in terms of the result, okay? Because fair play to Fleetwood, played very well, and they got what they. In fact, they deserved to win. To be fair, but well, yeah, they very, very, very nearly did. But um, 
you you don't look at it in terms of the result because you've got another eleven players you're playing against. Should we have won? Probably, obviously, but the performance Leicester put in was dreadful, and that's in terms of effort, in terms of quality, intensity. They didn't want to be there. It was very passive, wasn't it? They didn't want to be there. There were some shocking performances. It reminded me of Millwall last year. Um, and it it was just very, very disappointing. And a number of them you can actually say, look, it, like the defence, for example, yes, they didn't put a, a, a tremendous performance in. But again, they're just there to defend. You know, you're looking at people in front of them. But then you look at the midfield and you go, yes, they were passing sideways and backwards, but there was no movement up front and or Fleetwood, out wide. Fleetwood had built walls of and, and, uh, and banks of players. And then they? you look at the strikers and go, yes, they were they were very poor, but they didn't have a lot to feed off. So, that you, you know, you do look at each person individually and you can blame other people. There's no one person to blame in particular, but... It, it's an absolute shocker, and I think it's a shocker all round from back to front. Even from the goalkeeper, and Jakubovic has never kicked a football, has he? From from back to front, in terms of players and in terms of the management as well, the the, the team they picked, it just shows you how far clear the likes of Mares and Vardy are in terms of first team status, and so they should be. But what a terrible, terrible performance! And to be honest, this this performance really should show to the manager and the backroom staff, look, the squad that we've got behind the first team... It's not that great. It's not that great. And it, it could be time for a change. And uh, when I mean time for a change, time for players who possibly have been there a while or have just signed and have not made the cut to possibly be put to one side. And the main reason for that is not because of this one result, but because you've got a team behind the scenes, who have gone 18-19 undefeated in the under-23s league. Mm. They're doing very well. There's a number of good youngsters. And this, to me, it showed of the fact that we should be basically, not get rid, but we should be starting to move on players and trusting these youth players in those positions. You could reel off three or four youngsters right now, top of a head, people like Thomas, people like Chowdhury, Barnes. Barnes. Okay. Even Johnson, the centre-back come right-back, plays for England exactly. under-19s. These players, I think, have proved through the under-23 league that they are, if not good enough right now, but will be better than what we've got behind the first team right now in terms of those positions. Because the likes of Musa, nowhere near getting in, in that Harvey team. Harvey Barnes is getting a start in an FA Cup game and Musa's not. Exactly. It might be a struggle to offload Moosey, you know. That might be why it, he's been at the club for he's, so long. He's probably going to go on loan. He's, go, he's going to go off on loan. Um, you've, you've, you've got the likes of, obviously, Thomas there. It's an, an, an Chowdhury in midfield. The two midfielders, King and James. Now, don't get me wrong. They've all got had, you know, decent, good careers at Leicester in terms of James, obviously, injury plight. And we know what King's uh, all about. And him being at the club, I've got not a problem with King being there because... An, a, if he's happy to be there as a, a, a squad member, then that's fine. Until the t- time turns where the management turn to him and say, look, you're no longer going to be really near the first 18. Okay, yeah. um, It's probably time for you to move on. Or he decides it's time to move on. Then I'm happy for him to be there. But those two in midfield, sideways passing, at nothing at all. Slomani up front, he is that sort of person where he, you know his shoulders go down. He didn't want to be there. Completely disinterested. He, he scored a goal in the Premier League. He had a great performance against Huddersfield. He didn't want to be there. But 
He didn't want to be there. He's on a fortune. How much is he on at Leicester? 60 grand. 60, yeah, something like that. It's, it, it was just shocking all round. And I think for me, I'd like to see a bit of a clear out of, of these players. And you've got to wonder about Iniacho. Mm. And not in terms of quality and being able to make it as a Leicester player, in terms of whether he's going to have the chance to. We've said before, if someone offered 25, 20 million, would you accept it? And yes. Oh, yeah. I would. He might go and score a million goals for somewhere else. He just That's doesn't fine. fit into our team. No. He's not got the work ethic. He isn't the kind of player. We can't carry a striker. Our, our system doesn't work with carrying a lazy striker. That's why Slomani sometimes struggles to get into games. If his head's not in it, he comes across as quite lazy and his and his style of play is quite lazy. If he goes in and he's really up for it, you'll see him running about and, and that works for us. But the person that's the focal point of our attack a.k.a. Jamie Vardy, has to have legs, has to have willingness to close down defences, has to want to contribute overall to the team performance. And yes, Iheanacho's not had an awful lot of game time for us, but in the opportunities that he's had, he's not displayed that. It's But, but for him not to be on the pitch until later on in that game, it, it, it speaks volumes. And it was an all-round dreadful performance. I feel sorry for anyone who went there. If you're listening to this and you went to Fleetwood... Well, I bet you had a good time in Blackpool. It's a story. It's a story you'll be telling for a long time because it was an absolute shocker. Not one shot on target. I thought they scored right at the end. You know, how that didn't go in, no idea. Oh, incredible. The goalkeeper didn't know what he was doing with it. No, I mean, yeah, I mean no idea. fair play to him, he actually stopped it. But Somehow. It's, it was an absolute shocker all round and it should serve as a wake-up cause because... You you look at other teams, and I know we're a Leicester podcast, but you look at um, a team like West Ham going to Shrewsbury, a very very similar performance, right? Yeah. And they didn't want to be there on that on that field against the Shrewsbury side, who are obviously slightly better than Fleetwood in terms of league position. And there's teams who have gone to lower league clubs. Arsenal went to Forest and played a reserve side and, and got beat by a Forest team who played very well. That's all very well and good, but the performance just looking at Leicester alone. It was an absolute shocker, absolute shocker on national television as well. Well, you can you can throw in wobblies every now and again. You go into at Leicester, especially in the Premier League, but all round that th- that was a complete mess. We're very lucky that we've got the opportunity to put it right because we very nearly didn't have the opportunity. If we'd have gone out of the FA Cup, then I think people would have been even more bothered. You know, if that went in, if that went in at the end. Yeah. The the, the one thing I, I agree: as soon as that final whistle goes. The first thing you say is, at 10 past 7 tonight, if we get drawn at home to a League 1 or League 2 side in the fourth round of the Cup, we've got a tremendous chance of being in the fifth round of the FA Cup. You've got a home tie against Fleetwood, you've got a home tie against the League 1, League 2 side. It's not the worst result, yeah, and you'll completely forget about it. It's a bit rosier, doesn't it? But, you forget about the result. But right now, we're sitting here thinking about the performance, and, and uh, there's not anything positive to take from that. And also, the one thing with Leicester at the moment, and the big thing with the club, is obviously the transfer window and what's going to happen, what's not going to happen. But if you look at the side overall, the first team is relatively settled in the style. Um, that We'll come on to that in a minute. But also, the, the main question really with the squad is, what about these players who have been signed for a lot of money, who are not in the first team immediately? What is their future at the club? Or have they a future at the club? That is the main point. And for those players to be playing and to be so poor, it just speaks volumes. And also, for them not to be playing, mm. speaks even louder. Yeah, for and them to be struggling so badly that's why it's to such get in a the big first thing. team, 
yeah, it's a, it's a lot of money spent. And and we're we're all for spending the money that we've got. We've we've agreed to it. We we not that they have to get our permission, but we've agreed with it. They should. <laughs> Can they you should. imagine? Oh. Imagine if they came through us for transfers. No, but we've said, look, King Power as a company, the 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 owners, they've got the money to spend. We've been a selling club for so long. We're happy to go spend money on these on these players. Ian Acho looked like a great signing when when we first signed him. Goal scorer, young, bags of pace, bags of talent. Done it in the ha- league. Yeah, done it in the league. Hasn't cut it at Leicester. Friends with so, the cl- friends with players at the club. So yeah, so it's whether you, you don't you can't look at it and think, oh, we can't keep buying these play these expensive players. Not all of them are ever going to work out. So Alex Ferguson, for example, didn't, not all of his signings worked out. Look at some of the tripe that he managed to sign. But sooner or later, we've got to get something right with an expensive signing. Yeah, they're spending a lot of money on players who are just not doing it. And uh, and I think, really, that's what we should go on to next. And that is the transfer window, money, signings, in it's and out. slammed open. What? Oh, it doesn't slam open. No. It creaks open. It's slammed open. No, it slams shut. Did you mean to say slammed open? Yeah. Yeah. Thought so. Uh, transfer window. We could sit here and talk about signings, and I presume podcasts around the country are doing exactly the same. The problem is they don't have Riyad Mahrez in their side, who's being linked with All and Sundry now. Um, For the third window in a row. Yes, I uh, got a phone call last week. Is this from your agent X on on the text? Not agent X, who's gone very very quiet. I will get in contact with agent X. <laughs> I've not thought Just of send that. Him, send, him, send them a text saying. Uh, excuse me, any news? 100% record for Agent X. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, because they only send a text when they get a whisper of a of a, something being confirmed. Who, who was it? Who was it? I can't remember. It was a signing for Leicester. No, was it? Who was it? I can't remember what it was. It was that good, we can't even remember. Yeah. Anyway, you got a phone call. I got a phone call and it was from the Anfield Wrap. My yep. friends at the Anfield Wrap, our friends, friends of the podcast, the Anfield Wrap, the largest podcast to do with a football side in Europe. Um... And they wanted to talk about Mares, and uh, and I was like, okay, fair do. You, you know, you want to talk about a player who really should be very well known to. But off air, um, I said, well, what's the deal? And they generally said that we have pretty much spoken to Jurgen Klopp, or as as good as, and they really like the player, and they've made a very very unofficial kind of contact with Leicester to say, look, we are we are interested. What is the deal? What is the amount of money? Can a deal be done? Etc. Etc. We've got money to burn. Well, exactly. Now, flog Coutinho. That doesn't mean that they're going to sign him. It doesn't mean that they're not going to sign him. Um, I think a lot of. I mean, we're only what eight days into the transfer window. Um, uh, there's going to be an awful lot of rubbish go under the bridge. But if they're interested, that's fine. And he, they wanted to know about the player and whether he could, re- you know, replace Coutinho. Um, and this was just before Coutinho was actually announced as leaving. Um, and, you know, I told him all, all about Mares and this and the other. So we we shall see. But it's an interesting one because can he go to Liverpool? Of course he can. Can he play with them? Of course he can. We know that. Um, Would Leicester sell him to Liverpool? Well... For the right price? It's for the right price, really. I mean, we, we, we've asked people out there to, to send us questions and talk about bits and bobs. And I put out there about... Mares and how much money would you sell him for? How much would you? If 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 Liverpool came knocking and Mares turns up for training, goes to the manager, look, I want to go to Liverpool. I know they're they're interested in me. What price do Leicester sell at? 
if Liverpool have been and bought a defender for £75 million and they're now inquiring about former PFA Player of the Year, Rio Maras, in that, if you just consider those two facts alone, plus the fact that he's up for contention for December's Player of the Month, has that been decided yet? I don't keep an eye on that. Not that I'm aware of. Um, but he's back in form, isn't he? Let's be honest. Well, he's the way flying. He's, been playing. he's flying. He's got to fetch... If you're comparing that with the Virgil van Dijk £75 million fee, with the Coutinho £140 million fee, if you look at the stats there, Maris has better stats than Coutinho from what I've seen in national newspapers over the last couple of days. You've got to be talking £85-90 million. Really? We're not, <laughs> we're not going to get that much for him, but if you, comp- if you look at all yeah. of those facts... You've got to be, but people are thinking, well, is he worth that? But is Virgil is a centre back worth seventy five million pounds? No. Well, I, I I agree. I mean, it's 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 a strange thing, and 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 people have been tweeting in about this. And uh, let's go for uh, through a few, um, <laughs> through a few. Yeah, it's not yeah not the easiest. Um, Tim Gallantry says he's worth more than a Southampton defender minimum. Start at eighty five million, basically. I agree, Tim. Or start at a minimum eighty five, even. Um, Lee Teasdale said, if a defender's worth seventy five million and a player with similar Premiership stats is a hundred and forty million, then somewhere in the middle, really, which is pretty much what Can you I just said. Clear up, I hadn't read these. No, so um, we're, we're thinking along the same lines, Tim yeah. and Tim and Lee. Stu uh, Teasdale said, uh, start at seventy million. Um, there's poss- uh, the possibility that there may be a gentleman's agreement for a certain price to be accepted, which I do like the the sound of that. Between I, Leicester and Maris? Yes, I think yeah. I think if, if a club came in that had Champions League status, then there might be a deal. But, of course, you've got to go on the fact that prices have increased significantly. Well, of course they have. We talked about this before, haven't we? You can slap 15, 20 million, at least on most transfers these days, big-name transfers, because of the, the new wave of TV rights money that's, that's inflated the market. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I'm... The, the what I don't like, fully enough, is I don't actually like saying a player is worth a certain amount of money because someone else in a different position moved from a different club to a different club. So when people say, well, if Virgil van Dijk's worth 75 million, then Mahrez is worth at least that, I know where you're coming from. But it's a different player at a different club, at a different age, with a different contract status, it, there's so many differences between those two things. A player is worth the amount of money that a team is going to bid for him or willing to pay for him. So last season, Riyad Mahrez was worth £32 million because that was the bid from Roma. No one else came in for him. Now, if a team wants to come in and pay £60, £70 million, he's worth that. Leicester are quite in their, um, they're well within their right to turn around and say, hang on, actually, we want more. That's fine. But as long as... a, a before a club actually bids for a player, they're worth nothing. Mm. They're worth absolutely nothing. Has he got a minimum release fee? No. That's not officially in his contract. He hasn't got one. So he's actually worth zero. He's got no fee. Okay, People say he's worth 100 million, 80 million, 60, 50. That just shows you. He hasn't actually got a fee. I would like to see a club make a bid and then see what Leicester's reaction. I wouldn't like to see him actually do it, to be honest. I want, obviously, him to be a Leicester player. But until a team actually bid for him and Leicester respond to it, then he's worth nothing. He's a Leicester player, and if you want him, you're going to have to pay big bucks. Yeah, the benefit as well is the fact that now we're quite a rich club. 20th, I think, on on the most recent 
Some somebody did some kind of study. Seventh in the league, Premier League. Yeah, twentieth yeah. overall in Europe or the world, something like that. We don't have to sell him. Not a million we, years. Leicester of 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 a few of of the years before the King Power conglomerate took us over would have had to have sold Maris to to Roma for that for that bid. Wouldn't wouldn't they? They, they? they wouldn't have held out because there's no guarantee of any more money coming in, and we needed the money to sell players. You know, you know, back in the day, we've got no need whatsoever to sell Riyad Mahrez. Don't need to sell. I, I suppose the, the one thing I'll just quickly go back to the money side. I suppose the one thing you'd say is, what would you want for him? That's that's a slightly different way of putting it. I, I was saying he's, he's worth nothing because no one's bid for him. Um, what would be an acceptable amount if he did leave is a different question. Yeah, he's got to fetch enough money for, to appease Leicester fans with one or two quality signings. He has to I'd... because because otherwise he leaves a hole that and he doesn't leave much money in the in the pocket. If he, I would if go Maris, beyond that. If Maris goes for forty million, Leicester haven't got enough money to replace him with. I... You will get a lower quality player for that money. Guaranteed. I, I think. I think to be perfectly honest, Mares is irreplaceable in the side. I think for whatever the amount of money that he goes for, okay. And if it was me, and if if I had to put a price on him, I'd I'd want him to be in at least in the seventies, personally. Um, whatever money he goes for, if he does, this is obviously all if he does. Whatever money he goes for, that money will obviously be put back in the side, but they'll try and replace him in terms of maybe the position. But you can't replace him. So the amount of money has to be so significant that it's to benefit the club, maybe in terms of being put towards a ground expansion. The, maybe new, the be, new training ground. It could be anything. Mm. Okay, That's the amount of money. You're talking about a serious amount here. You look at what Coutinho has gone for at Liverpool, they're going to reinvest in the side. Leicester would reinvest in the side. But for me, you're not looking at like-for-like replacements or matching up. Oh, we've got seventy-five million for Mares. We spent fifty on this player, twenty-five on that player. That's not how it works for me. No. It needs to be so significant that it would benefit the club by even the owners turning around and saying, "Look, we're going to use this to build a new ground or something like that." And but we'll have to wait and see. I don't want him to go. He's absolutely flying. There was a number of people, obviously, including myself, shouting at him at Anfield. Well, I remember last year at Anfield, he, he got one kick there. And, and he set up the goal. Yeah. The rest of the time, he didn't get the ball. To be honest, he didn't look very interested. But he, it wasn't his kind of game. And then he plays as well as he did against uh, Huddersfield. We know what he's like. He's a fabulous player. He's playing very well. Um, I just don't want him to go. No. I mentioned earlier about Ian Atro doesn't get in the side because we can't afford to carry a striker. That's mainly because we're already, the way that we play, the way that we won the league, was in effect, by carrying Riyad Mahrez through large parts of the game. I'm not saying all the time. He tracks back sometimes. He, he dangles in a foot every now and again as an excuse for a challenge. But he has that something that so few players in the world have just to bob about for 89 minutes and do naff all and then just go bang and win you a game. And like you said, money can't replace that. No. You can't spend. You can't say, right, we need somebody with that spark. That's going to cost us X amount of money because that... That piece of ability, you can't put a price on. And and also, and it's probably the final bit on Maris because we can't talk about him all the whole time, is the amount of money we get will will not be able to buy a player who will give us the same moments that he's gave us no. and is doing right now, like the goal against Huddersfield. We won't be able to buy a player who will be doing things like that. We might be able to buy good players. We might turn. We might buy a player, buy a player very good player. who is who is tremendous. 
but he won't be Mares. He won't do what we know he can do, and he does quite often. And those are moments of skill and brilliance, scoring goals, setting up goals, and winning things at the club that no player has ever done at Leicester. No one's been as skillful. People can say about Weller and that. I don't know. I wasn't around then. But it's Riyad Mahrez. Look what he's done. I don't think so. In the, in in the, the standard, modern era, let's say. Yeah, in, oh, in the modern era. In by the Premier League By era, a million miles. In the I last 20, 30 years. There has to be only one, and, and that is Weller. And obviously, we're not qualified to know that. But I, I, I just think Mahrez, when he's playing well, is just absolutely tremendous. And to be honest, there is no value on him. There is no, no value because we know we won't get another one. We might get one that's decent, but not one that's the same. Right, on to some questions that uh, I've said that we're going to do the podcast. And uh, people have been sending in questions. It was quite late. Apologies about the fact that the uh, appeal for questions was uh, slightly late, but there you go. We, we don't make decisions very quickly, do we? Yeah. Um, back to transfers. Thoughts on Man City's potential bid for Maguire. Now, there were rumours in the press about, and again, there's going to be, um, regarding Maguire, I'm not surprised. And I'm not surprised it's Man City, because I think he would fit in really well at yeah. Man City. Yeah, he's a he's a ball-playing centre-back. Exactly. And I, I just see that's a really good fit. I don't want him to go. Fifty million is the amount. Interesting, Jeff Peters. Um, he did say about he would actually take the money. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maguire gives us something that no other, none, none of our other defenders do or can though. No, he, he would make us. He would make million us, pounds, the style of play that Claude Puel has brought to the club. Does depend fairly heavily at times on Harry Maguire's ability to bring the ball out from the back. You see how easily. Players like uh, Ibora and Maguire interchange. Sometimes, if Ibora can't get the ball to feet, Ibora will just take a couple of steps backwards, take the attacking midfielder or some, whoever's paying him attention there, give Harry Maguire 10 15 yards into which to, to stride forward with the ball, and know that nine times out of ten his distribution is going to be spot on. You give that responsibility to Wes Morgan, Robert Huth, God forbid, Dragovic and Ben Lohan. Get anywhere near the first team again. Bella Lawan look. He looks. He looked like Bella Lawan. Yeah, but you give that responsibility to any of them, no chance. Maguire op- offers you the opportunity to do that. Before it didn't really matter because the centre backs had no footballing responsibility whatsoever under Shakespeare and Ranieri. It was shift it on and 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 do your job defensively. I think I think this question is very easy. Okay, would Leicester sell? No. Do they need the money? No. Should he go? No. If they offer the money, will he go? Yes. It's Manchester City. They're going to possibly win four trophies. If they come in for Maguire, he's going to turn around and go, I'm very sorry, Leicester, but I, you can't turn down Thank, Man City. Thanks for showing me off for a few months. Yeah, I'm I, off. I, I generally think that's the case. So hopefully it doesn't happen, but if they want him, they'll have him. And they'll pay good money because they paid 40-odd million, 50 million for um for Stones, and they'll have to pay 50-plus for Maguire. Now, what would Leicester do in that sequence of events? I think it's relatively simple. You've got money from Maguire. You would then buy centre-halves. You've got Gibson at Middlesbrough. You've got the likes of Mawson at Swansea. And you've got uh, that young lad at Forest. That, um, is it Wortley or Worthy? Whatever. Something like that. Yeah. You've got three players there. Arguably, you could buy two of them. 
with the money and say, look, we're just going to reinvest all that money that we got from Maguire and buy a target, uh, which was obviously Gibson, and then probably Mawson. For the, for the best part of 50 million quid, you could get both of them. Mm. I think it's relatively simple. That's what I would do. It it depends where Harry Maguire's head at, head is at. But, you know, he, he if if you say to him, look, we can effectively the style of play, as I say, wouldn't work without Maguire. So in some sense, the way that Leicester play at the moment has been built around Harry Maguire's ability. To to a certain, I'm not saying he's built the team and the tactics around him, but I'm saying that that the two are very closely linked. Harry Maguire. The way he's endeared himself to the fans over the last few months, bar the odd mistake, has the potential, if he sticks with Leicester, to have Matt Elliott, Steve Walsh status. Absolutely, but but, but, but it's whether he'd want to. Well, I I I think it's the team who are coming in for him. Mm. It, it's it's the Coutinho thing where he won't go anywhere apart from Barcelona. Maguire, I I couldn't see him. I think if Manu came in, possibly, but. Anyone else, if Liverpool turned around and said, we want Maguire, I think he could easily turn around and say, no, I'll wait for the World Cup because there could be a bigger club. I think someone like a United or a Man City, you just can't turn them down. Because again, he's at the age where you're saying he could turn into a Walsh or an Elliot. Well, he could turn into the same thing at a Manchester club. I think it's as simple as that. If they come in for him, he'll go. And you can't blame him, especially Man City. Anyone in their right mind. Well, they're guaranteed... Got to be guaranteed two out of the four trophies at least. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 a no-brainer for him, and obviously the club turn over and make a profit. But I think it's a no-brainer for the club as well because if he goes, they will just go and buy, like I said, Gibson or Mawson, two players who have been interested before, and they could turn around to Middlesbrough and they say, "Look, we want twenty-seven and a half million. Okay, bang, here you go, no messing. Bring him in, and this time in the summer, or should I say, after half a season of having Gibson at centre half, we could be saying, actually, we've got a very good player." So we've done quite well out of the deal. Mm. You never know. That could that could happen. It'd be um, a shame though, wouldn't it? Oh, it would be. Question question two from Oliver. Um, how to solve the problem on set pieces? Uh, are, are we talking? We're talking set pieces in general, direct and indirect, I guess, because Casper Schmeichel came in for uh, a bit of stick after the United game, didn't he? Again, highlighting his his uh, inability sometimes to keep out. A direct free kick. Well, it's, it can't do it, can no, it? No, but, but that matter free kick wasn't even that good. I think I think this would generally be on for, for the for sort the defence. Like, what would pieces. what would we do? Um, personally, what I would do is go completely back to basics. The one person they are missing is Robert Huth. Yeah, let's not beat around the bush. That is, uh, a, we rely on Ibora to head a lot of set pieces away at the minute. The, the fact is, you've had Robert Huth as the mainstay of the defence or one of the mainstays for so long. That's when he's not there. Um, automatically, you're missing out on the main person to clear with a header from a set play. Um, what I would do, I'll completely go back to basics. First thing I'd do, and it's a massive pet peeve, I'd put two men on the post. Yeah, one on each. One Don't on each move. post. Don't move until it's, we've cleared it. It sounds silly, but for years. You had two men on the post. You had a man at the near post, then to head a, head the ball away, Just to which was the ball, yeah. yeah for years. I think I think Vardy does it to an extent for Leicester. Robbie Savage used to do it in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a person there, and you just mark your men and stay touch tight. Yeah, and then if you've got one player can stay free in the six yard box, edge of six yard box, to then 
go for the ball as well. It means that when the cross comes in, you've got one player with the attacker who's going for the ball, and then that loose man will also be going. So it's two versus one in the air. That's the simple way of defending the corner. And I think Leicester, A, need to get back to basics in terms of that. Um, but also, you look at the, the Wagyu thing, it, it fell to him on the back post. It was slightly fortunate, really, didn't it? It kind of bundled in at the yeah. far post. I don't think there's any massive, massive problem. I just think they need to just go back to basics. And in terms of defending the corner, yes, of course, Leicester want to then break and score, but just defend first. Yeah. Concentrate keep, on Keep that. it out of the goal and then worry about the rest after. Yes, definitely. Um, that was one question. But we're not defensive coaches. So. Should be. I'm sure, I'm sure the Leicester defensive coaches have gone... Mark your man, get rid of the ball. Sounds quite simple sometimes. Yeah, it? maybe a change around in positions as well. Yeah. And, 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 and also, it will be different because now Wes Morgan's out for a long time, then he won't be there. So it's going to be slightly different in terms of positions if then Huth comes back in. That might see an, an upturn in, in, in clearing the ball. Wes Morgan's a tremendous, de- tremendous defender. What a player. But he's not as big. No, he's not as tall and he's not as good as clearing the ball in the air from a set play. In a one-from-one situation, say a big boot up front, he's very good. Yeah, you'd back but, him to win it. But it? when the cross comes in from a corner, he's not the greatest. Again, he's not the, he's not as tall as, as people kind of think he is. Um, all right, would you sell Maguire is one. Um, also, the right-back issues are Marty. Obviously, um, Simpson's out. How mm. is Armarty doing? Do you think he is... A replacement fullback, not as well as I wanted him to do. the The first time we really saw him this season was against Leeds, uh, and admittedly they're a Championship side, but he looked very assured on the ball because he spent a lot of time at his previous club in in the centre midfield. Um, defensively, he's fine. Physically, he's got all the attributes. He's quick. He's strong. He's he's tall enough. But the last couple of times, I mean, he got obviously he got sent off. Against uh, United, what an idiot! Yeah, um, after after it was his first real chance to go right. Simpson looked injured for a bit. Here I am. I'll come and hold the fort for for the second half, and then um, and then I'll prove to the gaffer that I deserve to be the man that gets the shirt next time. Not that there's any other option, but to stop him thinking right, I need to dabble in the January transfer window here. Has he done that since? Not really, but. Let's be perfectly honest, Leicester haven't really put in many convincing performances as a team, so Marty's not really had a chance to... You know, if you're, if the other 10 players around you are performing well and you don't, then I think there's a reason to question him. But he was in the Watford game, wasn't he? Uh, or was he banned for that one? He would have been banned for that one, he? But he was in... Um, Dragovic played right back that game, didn't he? Mm. Um, but he was in... Uh, the Liverpool game where we we were going to be on the back foot for quite a while, so any defensive mistakes were going to be highlighted. He was in the, the Fleetwood game where not a single player deserves a mention for playing well. So I think it's still unproven. He's got to play there for now. That's, that's pretty much a fact. Uh, he's the only other player that could operate at right back, short of promoting uh, Johnson, who we mentioned earlier, from the, from the under-23s. Do we need another right back? We've talked about it before. Simpson's the most unglamorous player that you could ever have in your team, but he's so dependable. He's so dependable. Does he need replacing? For me, I would say if the club and, should I say, the manager wants to replace Simpson, 
okay, they want an upgrade on Simpson, then they should go for it because Armati will never be that. I don't think he, in that position, I don't think he'll ever be better than Simpson, okay? Um, I think he's a, a, a solid replacement. I think at home he's very good. Mm. I, I know he got sent off in that game, but I think when he's at home, he can handle the atmosphere. He's played in the Champions League. He, he's done well. When the game, when the crowd get behind, and it's a typical Leicester performance at home, and they he really seems get most going. comfortable there, doesn't he? he? Yeah, it, 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 he does seem comfortable. I think away from home, he can get caught out. Um, for me, it's a question about Simpson. If the manager wants to have an upgrade, maybe like a Trippier that's been mentioned. Um, Is Trippier as good defensively as Danny Simpson? Um, because you, what are we talking about a fullback these days? That's no, the but no, but would you prefer Trippier or Simpson in your side? If they want, to, if they want to buy Trippier, I'd be happy with that signing. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Apparently, he's got a friend. He's got, he's got a friend at Leicester, like a real close mate at the club. Yeah, a player. Yeah, who's that? I have no idea. I'm trying to think where he's come from. Uh, yeah, he played for Burnley. Burnley didn't he? Um, I don't know who it is, but he um, apparently that's that's one of the links. Because it has it has been tenuously linked, doesn't it? The name it's been linked, and I think it, there was a there was a decent link with it. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't mm. just a rumored, but um, that's that that's how I would answer the question. I think Armati would never be better than Simpson no. in that position. But if they would like to replace Simpson, then then go for it. You know that's fine. Um, I think at the moment he is definitely a stopgap, and again he's quite useful. He, he, we've seen him play at right back very well. Mm. Um, next one. Uh, from Kip, what is our strongest eleven? <laughs> don't I don't think that um, Claude Puel knows it yet. I think this is a very very easy question. Go on then. I think the question is no one knows because of one player. Who is Adrian Silva? Yeah. H- has he started in a Premier League game? No. Has he had the team based around him? No. Do we know which position he's going to play? No, no. So I think if he's going to come into the side as a first team player, then we'll know what Pluel's proper team is, what his preferred team is, and then we'll know who is in the side just as a stopgap waiting for Silver. However, the Leicester's best starting eleven, uh, which is I think is evident through the team selections that Club Pluel has put out so far, is almost completely relative to the opposition and the location of the game. He's, I, I, I agree. I forget, I've not looked at this, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but I can't recall him putting the same 11 out back-to-back, or certainly not three games in a row. Because I, I think they maybe have back-to-back, but, but I don't think three not, at all. No. no. So Whereas we were so used to, especially in the title-winning season, here's the 11. You could pick the 11 straight off. And yeah, he's he's only changed certain players in certain positions. He's not meddled where it's, he hasn't had to. It's generally but, the three behind the forward. Yeah, but some games he's like, oh, I need Fuchs at left-back for this game. Some, day, some games he's like, ah, oh, we can be a bit more expansive. We'll have Chilwell at left-back for this game. Some games he's like, okay, uh, Ndidi or Ibora could do with the rest. We'll start King. King started a couple more games than we'd have expected him to. Some games he thinks Okazaki's the man in the number 10 role. Other games it's Gray. Does does Puel know? Or does he need to know? Does he have to write down a starting 11 on paper to say, no. this is my 11? He doesn't really, does he? I, I, I think we've got a, a 13 or a 14. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you you could have your goalkeeper, your back four, including Fuchs, um, your two midfielders, Ibora and, um, and Ndidi. And then with Vardy up front, it's the three behind. And I think, obviously, 
Mares is one of them. Um, I think Albrighton would be another, and uh, possibly Gray as well. I think that's what he kind of likes. But um, I, like like you said, it does change depending on the opposition, which is good. Um, it's just where Silver comes in. That's mm. that I think is the big test. So I think we'll find out in in days and and weeks to come. Um, hopefully Silver, who to be honest never got a kick against Fleetwood. It, he was the, never going to. Was the, it? The, the game their, their defensive him. midfielder got got man of the match as well, which which. Tells you did something. It, he just did a job. Their winger, their winger played very well, didn't he? Um, uh, Hunter played well, yeah. But sh- the German fella in central midfield was uh, very effective. He was. So it was never going to be a game for Silver, was it? No. Play him at home. He'll he'll have a lot of space to work with. I'd imagine. So it's interesting to see what what will happen with you know with the transfer window. I, I mean, I think players who will sign. I think it just revolves around very easily what happens with the likes of Mares. Do we need any players? Again, if they're going to sign a player, I'd like it to be a first-team player. Has to be. Has to be. An upgrade on what we've got in various positions. Um, Or it's someone to go in the development squad like Thomas. There's no point in signing a squad player or someone who could be useful in a few months. We need a player who's going to have an impact now or an impact in three or four years. And I'd like... Not anywhere in the grey area in between. Yeah, and I'd like it to be... um, like I said, either a first-team player, but I'd like him to move on a few players. The likes of Musa needs to leave for his own sake as well. It's not worth If he goes on loan, he goes on loan, fine. If 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 Besiktas wants to spend a few quid on Slomani, let him go. We know we know he scores goals. He he can score goals. Is he going to do it at Leicester? I don't know. I don't know whether he's going to be happy to be that person behind Vardy. Um, if if someone wants Iniacho, then. These sort of players, you know, they can move on and then we can reinvest the money and spend it again on a player and hopefully it works out better. Or do what you said and buy these players to go into the development squad because the ratio of the good signings that way has been tremendous. Mm-hmm. This Thomas looks a good player. We bought, we spent three million quid on Damari Gray and what a good signing that looks, mm-hmm. or uh, has been. Um, we've bought this young player from France, this 22-year-old winger, um, for next to note, really, I don't quite know what the the fee is. It's just come up on Sky Sports News actually that it's pretty much been done. So we'll see how he goes. So maybe the best way for Leicester is actually just buy these younger players and these unproven players at this level. And because at the moment our ratio is very good, it's spending the money that hasn't really worked out. But what is your New Year's wish list? I wrote this when you messaged me the other day and said write a New Year's wish list. Yes. So what I said to him, I said, look. A New Year's wish list. So this is a very like individual. Mm-hmm. Two of mine we've actually talked about. Yes, to, on this. And I, uh, as as you know, I didn't read your notes before we started this. You've made notes for a change. New Year's resolution. Well, I wrote down the one. I wrote down yeah. <laughs> I wrote down the questions that people have sent in, so I didn't miss out on any. And but uh, but I didn't know that before those comments came in backing me up. My new- uh, and I haven't. I didn't write these after we've discussed these things on the podcast as well. Right, go on and you go first. How many have you got? I've got one, two, three, four, five. You should go first because I've only got three. Right. Okay, I've got, don't change the shirt. Why? Who's saying that we're going to change the shirt? But we will. We will buy, we will have a new oh, home shirt. Them, yeah. Don't do it. You don't like it, do you? No, I don't, it's not that I don't like the shirt. Obviously keep it. I'm saying there's no, no need to change. Like the change in every year. Don't do it. Yeah. I, I think at least every two years. That's, That's fine. what it used to be. Yeah, two years. Yeah. So if you buy the shirts, be, and also you sell more that way, because if you know that that shirt is going to be the home shirt for two years, you go and buy it. You go and buy it. But if you know it's going to be out of date 
in a year's time. And also, you know it's going to be half price in a few months' time. I don't, if money's a bit tight, you're not going to spend do, it, are you? Well, it's just, it's unnecessary. Especially not that much money. What, are they 50 quid now? It's unnecessary. Hmm. It, it really is. Um, shall I go again, then, if you've got... Yeah, go on. Um, I've got... Um, right. <laughs> Redevelop Filbert Street, build a museum on Filbert Street or in that car park, uh, or maybe the back of the East End, have a fans area, which they had at Anfield, which I'm kind of copying. Um, also, as soon as I got back, I saw the plans, what they're doing at Derby... That's exactly what we should do, which I know is a weird thing to say. We should follow Derby's example. Um, why not have that space behind the East End as a... Have you seen the plans for Derby? No. Basically, they're going to build on the side, on the back of the East End, for example, at, at, at uh, King Power, um, an area that looks a bit like a shopping centre, but basically it's bars, um, food outlets, uh, toilets, places undercover in a big glass building, for, with screens everywhere, all to do with the football. It's for the fans to go there before the game. And it's it's not just some temporary thing, it's a, quite a big building. And I just went, well, that's that's a tremendous idea. They've got like temporary ones and bits and bobs like that at, at Anfield. We should, because at the moment there are little bits and bobs around the ground to go to, but if you want, if they're not going to redevelop behind there in terms of the ground, then that's what they should do. I'd you know, love to be able to go to the King Power and go a couple of hours early into a nice warm area where there's plenty of bars, um, there's screens everywhere showing old games, um, there's music on, there's all, all sorts. The, all the lunchtime kick-off, yeah, and, it's at 3 o'clock. And it's all club-based, it's all run by the club. Um, and then you could, you, you, know, you could have your, your statues there and all sorts. You know, yeah. there's a few, it, like you say, there's a few small watering holes, shall we call them, that you could go to. The one under the Holiday Inn, what's that called, Blues Bar or something. Um, there's the 1884 bar, but somewhere where families can go, large groups of people can go. Oh, you're talking thousands of people. Yeah, yeah. A, a big, big I, I think area. That's a very good idea. Um, undercover, warm, so you can go early and go. And also, that will break up the traffic as well because people will go at diff, start to go in at different times. Make the club more money on the day. Yeah, you turn around and go. Do you know what? Shall we go early and and go and get something to eat there? Decent food as well. Um, yeah, a bit of choice. Yeah, and. Something like that would be would be quite nice in my eyes. Yeah. Um, so shall I just carry on with mine for a bit? Oh, go on then. <laughs> yeah, I know you got yours. Mine are all football related. <laughs> Not shirt or who cares about football or ground related? Right. Um, okay. Well, I mentioned obviously the ground. Just announce the ground, um, which I know is is what people on Twitter announce this, announce that, and I hate it, but. Um, what are they going to do with the ground? What I would like them to do in the new year um, or before the end of the season is announce a project to do with the ground. I would like to see it either expanded. I would like to either see it knocked down and build a new one on the site. I would just like an announcement or even an announcement of, by the way, we're not going to do anything. I just want them to be clear. Just clear it up completely. And just clear it up completely and say, look, this is our plans. Um, and if they're going to do it, do it. Well, I've said before, if they could build a new stadium on the site that's 40,000 have got increased you know, hospitality area and we play at Coventry for a year, that's an option. But just announce something to do with the ground. I'd like to see them do it because if they're ever going to do it, now's the time. Mm. Um, finally, a couple of things we mentioned. I'd like to see them trim the squad and give the youth a chance. So bring forward four or five youth players to be in the first team squad. And Poil's got a, a history, a track record of building younger teams yeah. 
uh, having faith in younger players, so th- 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 that's the right coach look for, at, that, for that wish. Look at the under-23 side that's gone 19 unbeaten and say, look, we're going to bring some of these players through and replace some of the players in the first-team squad who have not made it. And I'm sorry, but if they've spent you know, tens of millions of pounds on that player, tough. Give the youth a chance, because at the moment, I don't think they're no worse off doing that. I think it's only going to be a good thing. So I'd like to give youth a chance in terms of the first-team squad, not necessarily the first-team itself, but obviously that would then roll onto that. Also, the replay as well. I'd like to see them give a number of youth players a game against Fleetwood. okay? And if you put them in, put them in alongside your Vardis. So you have a strong first-team core, six or seven first-team players, alongside four or five youth players. I think that's a beneficial thing for the youth players, and it means you've still got your first-team players there. You know, you'd have your Silver playing, for example. You could have Vardy up top alongside maybe a Thomas and a Barnes, I think they would benefit an awful lot playing behind Vardy and then looking behind them and seeing Ibora and Silva. Mm. You've got Maguire at centre-half alongside, say, Dragovic with a youngster at full-back and maybe a youngster at the other full-back. I think that would be more beneficial than playing, basically, players in the first-team squad who haven't had a game for a while. Yeah, it would allow them to feel more comfortable and confident and able to express themselves wouldn't it yeah rather than maybe looking behind them and thinking oh who's there to cover my backside here if i make a mistake i don't really not not don't trust them because they're still more senior than them they're senior professional footballers but if you were looking back and seeing ibora and ndidi in midfield or you were looking back and seeing um the the, the the very average performances of Andy King and Matty James. Yeah, I know. I'd rather look back at. And also, if you're the players like King and um, and you know, James to an extent, and and the players who played Slimani, who played in that game um, at Fleetwood, they would all be on the bench and they'd be watching the game, going, "Well, I should be playing, but all these youth players are now ahead of me." Hmm. Because look of, at the reason why you're sat on the bench. Exactly because of that performance, they need to be kind of punished in a way so they, they're they all on the bench watching five or six first team players alongside the kids or the youngsters not really kids is the wrong word um, that's what I'd do I think that would be a good you know and, and also if it's announced quite early as well then I think the fans would definitely get behind it yeah I was going to say do you think he'd dare do it because he'll, uh, there'll already be some people going oh Puel and his management have picked the wrong team for the game against Fleetwood they need to go strong in the replay to make sure we get through it. Do you think? Uh, I think what I think you said there, announcing it earlier, or at least announcing his intention, say in the press conference a day or two before, say, yeah, I am going to give some youth players a chance because the other game was categorically not good enough. I think he'll. I think he can do it, and I think he would do it. Um, I think there's one big problem with doing it, um, and that is the fact that we're in a transfer window, and he will be playing the likes of I. I, I if they're all still at the club by the replay, I wouldn't be surprised if Soleimani, Musa, everyone who's been linked with has leaving Musa the club... Walked, has Musa even, walked on the pitch yet? Even having Ian Asho alongside Soleimani, I think all the players who possibly could be moving on... Put them they, in the window. Exactly. You put them all in the side. You know, they, they Let's just say they go and win 2-0. But you'd have all the scout. You basically phone up the club saying, look, we're going to be playing them. They all come down to have a watch and then see if they like him, if they play well. And you say to the player, look, you know, there's a chance of leaving. 
if you play well, you might be getting a move somewhere. You know, you might be earning a few quid. That that's, that's it's how a shame work. that it had come to that to motivate those players to play well in the Leicester shirt, isn't it? Well, it didn't do it. Well, it, it might have to be because they weren't motivated against Fleetwood. Mm. And and my final one um, is finish seventh. Yeah, qualify for Europe. I want to go European think, tour again. I think that's your most reasonable of the lot. Same, thank you. <laughs> the others, all great ideas. Don't know how likely they are. Finish seventh, I think, is is one of them. Right, I've got three. Uh, I'll do the two that we that relate to what we've talked about already. Uh, my first one simply says keep Maguire. Nice. Uh, my uh, for the reasons that we've we, discussed. we've done that, yeah. Uh, my second one is sign an expensive player who actually has an immediate impact and is worth the money because I don't think in this era we've actually managed that yet look at the players that perform the best for us cost the least amount of money Kante what was he 5 million 5.5 million Mares, half a million Vardy 1 million who would you sign oh I've, I've not yeah, got... <laughs> spring that on you no. <laughs> Keywords here and expensive. Not expensive isn't the isn't the point. I'm talking somebody I know, who is I mean. straight in the first team, but does cost money. If you could sign one player right now, who would it be? Oh, don't ask me that. You've clearly got I an idea. Not, so no, I haven't. One. I've just thought of it. I mean, this I, is just going to be dead air. While, read your while other people one. can hear our cogs going. Yeah. <laughs> read your other one while, <laughs> while I try and scan over my brain. And oh think my of goodness me! Who would I like to sign? Uh, I think. I think. Actually, Trippier would be a good signing. Yeah. Okay. I think he's a a, a good player in a good position attack. where he wouldn't be another number. No, well. I, I think that's because we wouldn't. Like, I wouldn't like to see us sign another left back, for example, because we've got two very good first team. Y- yeah, backs, so. I think Trippier would be a good signing, and I think twenty million. To be perfectly honest, I think that's quite that's about right. No would more. You no bringing someone like Gibson anyway. Because there's no telling what form Hooth's going to be if he's ever going to be able to rediscover his I, previous I, form. I, I would. You would sign him anyway. Yes, yeah. Because you Dra- look at Dragovic has been a little bit hit and miss. Again, he's not had a lot of game time. Ben Lalouan, as much as we love him and he's a cult hero and he loves a challenge, you can't trust him as far as you. He's can got throw to him. go. He's got to. You go. can't tr- trust him as far as you could throw his Instagram post. Huth and Morgan are getting on a bit, and obviously injury problems now. So if they, if Maguire's possibly on the way out. If you could get. Get Gibson, Gibson in, and and before Maguire goes, or in inverted commas goes, to to say to him, look, we want you here regardless. We don't just want you here because Maguire's gone. We want you in here, and we can build this partnership. If Maguire stays, great. Maguire Gibson for uh, for the future, because they're also they're both sort of mid twenties, aren't they? Centre backs don't really mature until that age. You, you you're talking of them as as younger players, but centre backs don't really mature. For a few more years, so and and also that that Mawson at um, at Swansea, if they go down, he it could be a, like a Maguire job. Yeah, get in early. Yeah, and fifteen million or get something early, like that. Pay the money, which which a few people thought was a little bit steep for him at the time. Yeah. It's more than paid it back exactly. Already. You know, if they if they do like him, get it done early. What's your, what's your last one? My last one is win the FA Cup. <laughs> Go get to the yeah, yeah. You said a New Year's wish list. No, it's good. It's good. It's I mean, mine. I think it's been on my New Year's wish list ever since I could talk. My, my keep the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I want more drinking. <laughs> I want more bars around the ground. <laughs> no, you said food outlets. Uh, and yeah. warm, safe places. No, <coughs> have, have a look. Have a look online at the Derby thing, right? Because it looks really good. And um, and fair play to them. And I looked at that. And went. Do you know what? I could just see 
most clubs doing the same because it's it's create like a fan village almost. It will pay for itself in a few years. Mm. Um, I'd like to see them do that. It would be a great thing. Um, and it'll be and also it'll be an area for away fans to go to as well. You know, you've got away fans turning up at the ground. I mean, imagine Fleetwood turning up and they're all there. You know, okay, you're a big local derby, you know, they're not going to be allowed in or, you know, if there's a big team on the way or whatever. But, you know, let's just say Bournemouth turn up and you're in this big fans area. I'd like to set, you know, have a beer with a few Bournemouth fans. What do you reckon? You know, that that would be great. It, it would be really good. What was your last one? Win the FA Cup. I've got to think of a player to Leicester sign now. God. We've done it. We've talked about it. Trippier, Gibson, you know. Fullback. It's boring. <laughs> boring. Ben Arthur's been linked. Would you like to see him sign? I think he's just a he's just a slightly poorer, slightly older Riyad Mahrez, isn't he? Yeah, um, but he's got something to prove. He's already had a I crack t- at the Premier. It didn't go particularly well. Well, I tell you what, I'd like um, I'd like them to experiment with three at the back because I think three at the back is where Maguire is best suited. I think is is the middle Maverick. the middle of a back three. And if that back three means you buy a Gibson, fine. You've got Morgan and Huth to one side. Um, I think they'll be quite happy to when they get the ball, get Maguire, and then he can deal with it. I think it would suit him down to the ground. It means that you would have an extra body in midfield, Silver. So you would have Ibora and Didi, and then Silver probably just in front of them. Very solid. Um, obviously, on the on the wings, it slightly changes. But I'd like to see him maybe experiment that way. That could be uh, an option. Trippier would very much fit into that. He's yeah, he's your right wing back, ready made. Yeah, it, it, there's you know there's different ways and means about it, and who plays where, and this, that, and the other. I.e., you don't automatically have to have your wingers in a three-five-two. That that sounds weird, but you don't have to. You know, you can have um, if you have two defenders in that midfield who are very defensively based. I.e., obviously Ebora and um, especially Ndidi. You can have your back three covering the wings with those two dropping in to form a five in at times. You can play quite a narrow three five two. Um that is that's one option I'd like to see maybe implement. But at the moment there's not a lot wrong if you look at just the Premier League level, you know, and and, and, the, and especially their performances at home. Um at the moment everything's you know, going along quite smoothly. I know there was obviously the, the bump in the road called Fleetwood, but uh, when it comes to the first team, I like how Vardy's been given a rest. Yeah, especially with a with a bit of a groin tweak as well. We know we don't know whether it's a uh, an injury that would definitely keep him out of games if he was only yeah. playing Saturday and Saturday. But yeah, it's it's good for him because, it's, it's because good. we need it. We we've only just touched on it and. It, and Thing to end on, but Morgan is a big. That's a big thing. Yeah, that's a big loss. There's a Spurs fan walking in. Oh no! There's a Spurs fan walking. In. This will be the final I word. I thought we changed the password. Final word on the podcast from a Spurs fan. Wait for him to. Wait for him to uh, to come in. The suspense. We'll, we'll make up. We'll, we'll make up. We're going to sign. We've signed Trippier. Clap. Mm-hmm. Leicester have signed Trippier for twenty million quid. Yeah. What do you reckon? Really? Yeah, twenty million. What do you reckon? Is he any good? Mm, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, we've there's a couple of youngsters as well. You're midfielders that we've signed. Our midfielders. Three players from Spurs have gone to Leicester in the last ten minutes. 
since we've been on air. Getting rid of all this shit. <laughs>